0: Welcome to episode 78 of The Real Photo Show. So this episode was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Noise Arts Garage in Atlantic City. If you've listened to the past few episodes, you probably already know that I was the juror for the Raw exhibition. And the reception for that was on October 12th during a whole series of First Friday events. Uh, So uh, this episode is actually broken up into three parts. The first two parts are at the show during the reception, and I'll be speaking with Saskia Schmidt, the director of education, and Michael Cogno, the executive director at The Noise. Uh, In part two, I'll be speaking with two of the three juror-selected artists, uh, Christus Valbonis and Sherman Fleming. And then in part three, so you'll hear a little, um, it'll sound like the episode is over, but there will be a part three. Uh, That will be a phone conversation with Jessica Orlowitz. Uh, She couldn't attend the reception, and and you'll find out why during the uh, Part 3 there. So let me just give you a little bit of background on the work we'll be talking about in this episode. Krista Svalbonis produces laser-cut images that combine text and photographs. Uh, The images are actually of German refugee campsites that were used uh, after World War II for displaced persons. She then takes the text of plea letters of refugees who want to emigrate to other countries, and she combines those two elements through laser cutting, which she calls burning. Sherman Fleming's work is more of a performance piece. He wears a noose while going through his day shopping, visiting museums, going to tourist sites, and then documents himself in those environments. He describes his performance as an act of resistance and as a means of bearing witness to intolerance and injustice. And then Jessica Orlowitz will talk about the photographs she makes of her daughter Anna, who has autism, and those moments of loneliness and joy that come about because of Anna's difficulty with making connections with other people. Uh, so it's um it's a little bit different than what you're used to hearing on the show, uh, but you know we have some great conversations about the Noise Arts Garage and also about the show itself, which really was... Fantastic. And I don't say that because I picked the photos. I say that because there was a a great representation of the different kinds of photography that's out there. And you can still go see the show. It's up through January 26th. Go to the noisemuseum.org and look for current exhibitions. Uh, All right. So what else is happening? Uh, We just had the reception at the JKC Gallery for Patrice Helmar's Dirty Old Town. And that show is up through November 13th, so there's still time to see that. Go to mccc.edu slash jkcgallery, where you can also see the next four shows, I think, that are coming up through the spring of 2019. Okay, so before we start the show, uh, because it was a a podcast, I didn't really leave time for sort of opening statements, and I realized that's probably something I should do in the future at these events, but Saskia really wanted me to include this uh, in this episode, so I'm going to read an email she sent to me. I would like to thank Wendell White and Michael Chauvin-Dalton for their generous assistance in the planning and implementation of the RAW 2018 Photography Exhibition at the Noise Museum. They brought their ample experience and insights to the process, allowing the exhibition to reach a new, higher level of professionalism and a broader range and diversity of images and artists. So uh, thank you, Saskia. And and I would like to thank Saskia and Michael Cogno and Wendell White for giving me the opportunity to jury the show. And I had a fantastic time. And I really want to thank all the artists who participated and everyone who came out to the show. It was a packed house and it was a lot of fun. So uh, thanks, everyone. And, of course, thank you, listeners. Enjoy the show, and we will talk soon. Well, thank you all for coming tonight. And I think uh, as you walk around, you can see this is an amazing show. And I was uh, really honored and proud to have been asked to uh, put this together. I'm Michael Chauvin-Dalton. Uh, I am uh, the director, I am the coordinator of photography at Mercer County Community College. Uh, I'm the director of the JKC Photo Gallery in Trenton. And I'm the creator and producer of this uh, podcast called Real Photo Show, which is at realphotoshow.com. And I'm I re- like I said, I'm really honored to have been asked to do this show And with me uh, on the panel right now, uh, Saskia Schmidt is the Director of Education uh, for the Noise Museum.
1: Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Michael Cogno is the Executive Director of the whole thing. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate all your efforts. (laughs) Oh, good. I got it right. (laughs) Yeah, so... Um, I thought we would start by talking a little bit about the history of the noise and, and the you know the uh, opening of the arts garage here in Atlantic City which is just an amazing space and you've gotten to walk around tonight and this is actually all part of second Friday.
1: Yes it is this is uh, every month we have second Friday and we introduce the public to the newest exhibitions and welcome you to enjoy uh, live music and uh, refreshing here <laughs> yes in the background. <laughs> And a really uh, lively crowd.
0: So, uh, Sasuke, how did you get
1: involved? Oh my goodness, that goes start? way back. Uh, that was in 2003. I started as a volunteer, working for the curator as well as for the director of education. And then within a few months, they hired me. I guess I was uh, rather helpful. So, <laughs> And then when the director of education moved on, I offered to take on the position and I was... Uh, you know, I was accepted into that position in 2006, working for Michael. And <laughs> Michael's running around trying ever, to ever yeah. since then. So it's been uh, 15 years working for the Noise now, and 12 as director of education. What
0: got you involved in in education and art?
1: Oh, I I always enjoyed art. My, actually, my family was very art focused and we were friendly with uh, practicing artists while I was growing up and visiting studios and a lot of art museums. And we also lived overseas for a length of time in London and Brussels and uh, in the Netherlands. And so I got to experience art all around the world places where uh, museums are really important parts of the daily life and culture of the, the um, you know, countries that we've lived in. And it just became, you know, part of who I am. I, I really enjoy the, the whole experience. What? Uh, how many years
0: has uh, the Raw exhibition been going on for? Oh, there we go, Michael. <laughs>
1: <It's> four years. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. How did it start? Well, that's a question for Michael. Yeah.
2: We just said, let's do it. <laughs> There's no, no uh, magic pill or anything. Uh, we recognized that there wasn't a lot of exhibition opportunities for photographers. So we called it raw, obviously off of the format of uh, digital photography. And uh, the first one was a success. And now here we are with our fourth one. And I think this is our largest one. So I want to take this moment to thank each and every one of you, all these uh, artists and photographers, for... Uh, Showcasing your work. Michael, you had a difficult... Yeah, please clap. Great job. (laughs) Michael had a very difficult time uh, selecting... There was over how many pieces? Uh, 50... Oh, it
1: was
0: 60-some. Oh, 66. 66... uh, uh, Well, 66 photographers... Submissions. Submissions with five pieces each, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do the math. (laughs) That's a lot. So, uh, and then he had
2: the difficult... Task earlier today to select the winners, and it
0: took them. Uh, it took them a good bit. In fact, I was telling them to hurry up and get it done. So not only not only was I tortured, I was torturing everyone around me. <laughs> yeah, no, um, you know the selection process is is such a, a difficult one because it it isn't just oh this this image is better than this image or this this, you know, this, this uh, image is more interesting than the image. It, it really comes down to being, having a, a certain idea at a certain specific time and, and, you know, picking the, the three that's kind of fulfilled that idea. But honestly, I was truly, truly, uh, tortured. <laughs> like it was, uh, it well, was Michael, really you were so yes. tortured. You asked if we can
2: have more prizes and since yeah, I control the budget, I said, I no, <laughs>
0: I said, we need more entries. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michael, before we, and before we announce it, we'll do that very uh, shortly. Mm-hmm. What is your background in, in getting started here? So,
2: I have a bachelor's degree in painting and art history and a master's degree from Seton Hall in museum studies. Uh, this is my second assignment as an executive director. I've um, been with the Noise Museum for 12 years. Previously to that, I was down in Millville, a little further south here as the executive director of the Riverfront Arts Center. Uh, for six years, uh, and that was a art center used for downtown redevelopment as a catalyst to bring back a downtown. I'm a, a painter as well, and interestingly enough, I uh, helped pay myself through college and, and raise a family at the same time. I made a living uh, as a photographer. Oh. so And you're all here in the Arts Garage. Uh, we've been open here since 2013, November. This is an arts business incubator space. So The Noise curates two galleries here. Typically, we have two different shows, but this show was so important to us, and the work was so stellar that we said, you know what, let's make both galleries available. Um, And then the rest of the space is the artists ran out below market value, and they have 24-hour access to the studios. It gives them an opportunity to bring it to the marketplace. We do a lot of events, Second Friday. We have a great project coming up next week from Korea dealing with lanterns. Um, which will be here as well as on the main campus. We do poetry, music. Uh, I think we did over 184 events <laughs> here in the Arch Garage last year. Wow. So, uh, and we're also very fortunate to have our partners, the African-American Museum of Southern New Jersey, as one of our anchor tenants as well.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's a great space. So um, I was here earlier, to kind of pre-meeting. Uh, it's it's just amazing how many different things are going on in this space on a, on a given Friday or during the week. The other thing is, I mean, there's a mission here, right? There's a there's a mission to help revitalize, you know, this part of town. There's a mission to bring art to Atlantic City, right? To try to uh, to help Atlantic City find other means of interest, right? To have uh, uh, other reasons to visit Atlantic City, right? I mean, it's no secret that the the casinos were suffering and they were closing left and right and uh, Atlantic City was suffering in general and it has a long of course uh political history that's that's you know uh, difficult to describe and difficult to explain and so the noise uh it predates the arts garage of course noise museum right. its mission was to bring art or to represent art it did not bring art to represent art in southern new jersey right? right that's how it started but in particular the mission here was to to make this a destination, right?
2: No, you're absolutely right, Michael. The The key with, when you think of a museum, the traditional model of a museum is the white walls, a roof, and, and you hang pretty pictures, or right? And that's changing. Um, and we like to think that we're in the forefront of that because not only do we showcase great work, but we're also taking it directly to the community. And it's a very mm-hmm. grassroots-oriented process. And when you look at the community, especially this neighborhood right here that you're in, Ducktown, it's very diverse ethnically. Down the street is the Texas Avenue School, and there's over 33 languages spoken within that school. So that is a cultural richness that is really not been explored a lot, and we are doing what we can. Saskia does some wonderful programming with that. Stockton University with the 48 Blocks program and really bringing the
0: arts directly to the community. Mm. Saskia, where are you... I I saw, I'm sorry if I missed this before, were you part of Stockton before the Arts Garage?
1: No, I wasn't, no. But I've worked in in the arts for a long time. I actually, I went to school in the Netherlands for uh, industrial design and uh, jewelry design. And then I studied drawing and painting at what's now Rowan. And uh, I also worked as a graphic designer and in the advertising industry for a long time as well as uh, visual merchandising at uh, Macy's in downtown Manhattan. So (laughs) I've had a broad array of experiences in the art world as well. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: at this point, we can open it up to some questions from the group, and then we can uh, make announcements as well. So if anyone has any questions, you can step up to the mic. Uh, In the meantime, while you're all thinking of things you might want to (laughs) ask, I will say that... um, you know, the uh, the description of the show was it was about light and form and and uh, you know this this sort of like what photography is in many ways, which is why there's such an incredible diversity in the imagery, right? Why there's the subject matter has such a broad range. Uh, and that I thought, you know, that's what I should sort of um, play on as I was deciding, right? That's what I should do. i should I should make it as inclusive and as diverse as possible when I was selecting the images. And, uh, and I th- think that's what the, the, the show has in it. I think it's just there's all kinds of photography in the show, and I think that's what re- makes it really interesting. So does anyone have anything uh, they'd like to ask about Stockton, about the noise, about the Arts Garage, about the show? <laughs> You're all just any waiting. Any constructive criticism
1: <laughs> on how I can improve
2: things?
0: <laughs> I have strong shoulders.
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'd just like to know, how do you decide? How do you What makes a photo
3: stand out that it's worthy of the ex- exhibition?
0: So I've been teaching for uh, 15, 15, nope, nope, 20 years. I've been teaching for 20 years. I started as an adjunct. And I've I've uh, juried uh, smaller shows. I've juried all kinds of shows. But more, more than that, I've had to talk about work for a very long time. And so context is really key. What I might pick in one instance isn't what I might pick in a, another circumstance. It has to do... A lot with, you know, so am I Am I talking about work from students in their first year, students in their fourth year? Am I talking about a camera club, right, where, uh, you know, uh, people are there really for more for their enjoyment? And so there is no one good answer to that question <laughs> because it's different for every situation. But when you do have a, a theme, an idea, you do have to kind of you know, be honest with that. You have to stick to that I- idea and... There are are basics, right? Things have to be done technically well. You have to show some proficiency for the medium. But on top of that, then, there's also, are you pushing the medium? Um, Are you a vernacular vernacular photographer? Are you describing the real? Are you describing the literal? Are you more conceptual? Um, Does the image itself, uh, is the image itself only part of the broader description of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to say? So there's all kinds of ways to look at work, and it has everything to do with who who the photographer is, what they're trying to do, and the context of how you're judging it. Is that an answer? <laughs> yes, it is.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. I think presentation is part of the equation as well. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, a, an image can look really great on a computer screen, but then you have to see it in real life in the gallery, on the wall, and how it's presented, and how it's been printed, and the whole package that makes for the final, I think, part oh, of the final sure. decision.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and in the, in the case of a critique, uh, how you speak about your work is very important, right? Because again, uh, not all photography is just the single image. Uh, sometimes the idea is is a little more conceptual and sometimes that that you have to read something. Sometimes you have to hear somebody talk about the work.
1: Yeah, well, there's several pieces in this exhibition that really just cry out for... You know, speaking with the photographer, finding out more about mm-hmm. what the, the thinking was behind the piece. And
0: we're gonna do some of that in yes. a little bit. Okay, great. <laughs> That's a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> were there any other uh, questions? Oh yeah, go ahead. How important is the title of the photograph? To, I mean to you? Yeah, titles. oh, so I have some students here. How what do I say about titles? right? Titles are tough. Titles can destroy a photograph. Titles can try to explain too much titles can be too ambiguous i like simple titles for my personally speaking so uh, titles that are maybe descriptive of maybe the name of a place maybe the a very simple you know kernel of the image itself um titles that try to explain too much usually are attached to images that don't try to do enough i find so that's that's a really key element to to you know your work you know the titles need to be smart Try not to be funny, <laughs> you know. Try, uh, try not to be ironic. Uh, try not to, you know, do the try to the opposite of what the picture is doing. Um, so yeah, I, I I much prefer simple factual titles. Yeah. yeah. Well, then,
2: how do you like artist statements?
0: Oh, artist statements are are <laughs> titles on steroids. Uh, artist. <laughs> 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 this is a bigger line of BS. <laughs> so, but you there are you can write a great artist statement. I think the key to a good artist statement is to be sincere. I think sincerity is the key to a, a great artist statement, and try not to out intellectualize the person who's reading it. <laughs> you know, uh, and by the way, that doesn't mean you can't be intellectual. You could be intellectual, but but there's got to be a sincerity to it. There's got to be something that really connects you to the work.
1: Right, and something yeah. that stands out. That's not you know something that's a little bit too vague or generalized, but something more specific to you. I find that much more interesting than Absolutely. Just, um, just do whatever moves me. Uh, yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> If someone starts their artist statement with, Foucault said, <laughs> I usually get turned off. <laughs>
1: well, and we're planning, actually, uh, it's in the works, to put up... Um, all of the artist statements, uh, you know, abbreviated artist statements and bios on the website as an additional expanded education guide. We have a very short education guide on the website and we're um, expanding it so that you, you will be better represented and um, your work. But the finalists uh, for this exhibition will be listed on the, you know, the page, the exhibition, current exhibitions page along with if you have a website, that will be there as well, or Instagram or Facebook page, so. Great. And so. All right. So uh, are we ready to uh, announce?
2: Yeah, we got the
0: check. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> I mean the
0: bride, but yeah. yeah we'll right. Go, we'll <laughs> All right. So, um, again, oh, I hate doing this because it's not It's not like this, this was – your one thing was better than another. It, it was uh, – I was trying to, uh, you know, be uh, inclusive and to show the range of work and the styles and, and things. So here we go. All right. So in third place, we have uh, Sherman Fleming. Sherman think? here? All right, Sherman. <laughs> so we're, oh, there we're he gonna, is. In, in a few minutes, we're going to have you sit down and talk about your work. Right. All right. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Stay here. yeah. In in second place, we have Krista, and I'm, I'm sorry, I am terrible with the uh, pronunciation. Svalbonus? Oh my god, I got it. That's fantastic. Right. Congratulations, Krista. Krista, where's your, your piece is on the corner over there? Right, so we'll we'll have you talk about that. And then our Juror's Choice Award is Jessica Orlowitz. Jessica, are you here? <laughs> no. All right. All right, well, Jessica's, uh, our juror's choice award, so Jessica's work is the work in gallery two of the two girls, uh, one brushing the other, combing the other girl's hair. Yes? yes. All right, so maybe it Jessica will show up. Yeah, okay. yeah. So thank you all. And again, it's not, you know, that's, your work is better than someone else's work. This was just to show, I, I thought, I picked a, a range of the work that I thought was interesting and explored different ideas and pushed photography in different ways. So thank you all, really. Uh, it was... Torturous, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, why don't we have you guys go away? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, Krista and Sherman, why don't you come on and grab a mic here? You want to sit in the middle? I'll sit in the middle. Yeah, sit in the middle. I'll adjust your mics a little bit. Yeah, how are you? Good meeting you. Yeah, do you guys
3: know each other? No. No, No.
0: okay. Well, congratulations. All right. Thank you. Sherman, let's start with you. Uh, uh, How would you get started in photography?
3: Um, actually, I'm not a photographer. Oh, uh, in art? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I work with materials, uh-huh. and I see photography and video as sort of, of a documentary nature. So it's more about that. Um, yeah. But I'm always impressed by photography. Well, the talk about the, the work a little bit. Um, the work is out of a series of um, pieces that I did for the past two years where... Um, I'm based in Philadelphia and um, I, uh, it's a performance, uh, it's a performance documentation. I uh, wore a hangman's noose for two years uh, while running around Philadelphia and D.C. Uh, going about my day-to-day activities and then I um, documented those through uh, a camcorder that I wore on myself as well as uh, photography.
0: Yeah, and of course uh, the piece that you submitted for the show, that was uh, chosen for the show, is you wearing the noose uh, in front of some of the some of the uh, they wax figures of the founding fathers?
3: Uh, yes. Yeah. So in Philadelphia, uh, there's a huge underground railroad network, and so the. Piece that you accepted into the show is at the historic Underground Railroad Museum in Belmont, uh, in Fairmount Park, at Belmont Mansion in Philadelphia.
0: And so, on a more personal level, what what got you involved
3: in in doing this work? Just the um, just the number of uh, instances of police brutality, and uh, I'm 65 years old, and and just being here, and uh, just being subjected to different types of discrimination, abuse, racism. And it was in uh, 2015 that uh, all of the events which were mediated either in the, in the news or in social media, I felt like I was getting more and more upset, but didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, this image sort of popped into my head. Actually, I dreamt the image, mm. and um, I decided to uh, do a performance piece around it. Hmm. Did you have
0: experience with political art before?
3: Oh, yeah. I I have a long, extensive uh, background in performance and social justice Mm -hmm. work. Where did you uh, go to school? Uh, I went to school at um, Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond and um, Hartford Art School in uh, Hartford, Connecticut.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. VCU. It's a fantastic institution. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Krista. Why don't you tell us about your piece, which, uh, a laser cut piece, it's yes. described as, right? Yeah. So a linen we'll in, in, in there, there, and yeah.
4: Okay. So this is a, a series that I've been working on for about five years uh, that traces former displaced person camps that existed right after World War II in Germany. And both of my parents were in those camps for about uh, five to six years before they were allowed to emigrate to the United States. So it's been um, a familial history, uh, a retracing of that of that history. And the piece came together with my documentation of what exists of those spaces today. And then in the process of finding where these spaces were located, which is very difficult because mm. they're not, they're not very well cataloged and very well archived. So in the process of finding where they, uh, they were located, I came across several, actually quite a a fair number of refugee plea letters that were being sent out from the camps. And so what the images are, they're a merge of my documentation of those camps, and then the text of the refugee plea letters that came out of those camps. And so it, it's an interweaving of text and image. And those,
0: yeah. those letters would have been addressed to.
4: They were sent to uh, the U.S. They were sent to Canada. They were sent to um, various governments, asking for asylum, essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what was the like? What was your research like? Where did you where did you discover these letters? I mean.
4: So that's that's in a, a lot of places. So the, the letters are actually in a repository in Chicago. Uh, through the Lithuanian Cultural Center. But a lot of the research I do is in the UN archives in New York. Um, I've been to the National Archives as well and uh, down in Baltimore. So it's through a variety of places, trying to piece all the information together.
0: Could you describe the process a little bit? And if if you know this, or I'm sure you have thought about this, how the process relates to the subject matter?
4: Sure. Um, so the, pro- the process of, of cutting? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the images are laser cut with text. And to me, the importance of burning was, was important in the subject matter. So being able to not only is burning sort of a reference to some kind of past that's difficult, but it's also sort of a burning in of a, of a memory in a way as well. So uh, it was important to me to sort of echo that trauma within the images, and it takes a very long time to, to make them. <laughs> um, uh, so I sit most days for hours on end in front of a laser cutter and, uh, and, and work on those images. So, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and, and Sherman, when you're putting yourself uh, in these places with a noose around your neck, you must get
3: some notice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Philadelphia's really hip, so no one really approaches me. Yeah, except for a few. A few people were curious. Um, uh, but basically, it was, and because it was on my back, people approaching me, they didn't know what it was. Uh, it was only after I walked by them that then they would notice uh, Then they would notice the noose.
0: Yeah, and, and so if you do get approached and questioned, or if people um, want to know more, what do you, do you respond then, or do you kind of stay in a character?
3: Well, it's not really a character. It's mm-hmm. just me walking around with a noose around my neck. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and of course I'm always inviting I mean I've been to places where people would approach me um, on the blog uh, that I I cataloged all of the uh, interactions plus my um, I wrote a couple of essays around the around the issue Uh, people did approach me and want to know you know what it was and uh, I would tell them and they you know most people understood immediately uh, what it was like I was walking through uh, the Philadelphia Museum and a security guard came up to me and you know asked me what I was doing and I told her and she says oh I get it you know I, I mm. we wear the noose every day so that was a quite a poignant uh, poignant statement that's interesting yeah. and
0: does being in a museum do you also connect that to underrepresentation as well uh, what do you mean uh, Underrepresentation of minorities oh I mean well yeah, I mean, wait, <laughs> was, it, was it was it because the characters were there, or did 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 the Philadelphia
3: Museum also play a part in the? No, it's just okay. I live near the Philadelphia Museum, and I like going to see art, and uh, and it was part of you know I had just come from the fish market, and uh, said I'm going to go and look at some art with my uh, news, and yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, it, right bef- shortly before going there. I was in South Philly and I was buying fish and the guy who was waiting on me Mm -hmm. he couldn't really wait on me, he was just like glaring at me and um, I would be asking him questions and nothing would happen and then somebody else sort of intervened and and took my order but you know it was like two different, two opposite extremes of of interaction. But then heading to the museum was almost like an
0: immediate reaction Yeah, I I think
3: think because people are into seeing things and so seeing me I sort of stuck out as opposed to just being a Mm -hmm. a, a passerby.
0: Yeah. And Krista, what is your
3: sort of connection to the subject matter?
4: So both of my parents for um, about five years were... In those displaced person camps before they were allowed to emigrate to the United States. Where so was
0: that? Where, where were, where were they?
4: The refugees got moved around a lot, oh, but okay. um, they were primarily in. Uh, my mother was in a camp called Esslingen in uh, Germany, and my father was in a camp that was called Hano in uh, in Germany as mm. well.
0: And you have a, a lot of stories then, and and was there a particular? thing that you found, a story that you found, or was this sort of a life experience that led you then to the work?
4: I would say it's been a life experience. I mean, it's it's been... There are stories that have permeated my childhood forever. I grew up with this history. As a child, I didn't really understand what it all meant until I started actually going to Germany and finding these places and documenting them, and I understood the trauma that they went through, mm. and uh, this time of they didn't know what would happen to them they knew that if they were repatriated they came from the baltic countries of latvia and lithuania so if they were repatriated into uh, the soviet union that was an ultimate death sentence for them and then so they lived in this state of limbo of not knowing what would happen to them for years until finally the u.s um accepted them
5: hmm.
0: so. yeah yeah did the current state of politics and climate have anything to do with either of your works?
4: Yes. <laughs> did you
0: start the projects before, or did you, I mean... Yes, yeah. yeah,
4: this this has been an ongoing... For about five years I've been researching the subject matter, um, mm-hmm. but I find that obviously it's become very pertinent now when we talk about migration and we talk about refugees and we talk about immigration. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, the, the work is is making its rounds across the US and I think part of that is because of because of what's happening in today's society that it's really hitting um, hitting a mark with people yeah
0: yeah Yeah. what about you Sherman have you uh, have you considered your work in the context of where we are today in terms of our politics and the climate
3: oh yeah I mean as I stated before I mean the work really came out of my rage and having to sort of channel that into something creative rather than to just you know, stomp around and mm-hmm. curse and damn and what <laughs> have you, um, which, I, I mean, I still do that, but uh, uh, at least I'm making making some art out of it. Right. <laughs>
0: All right. And so uh, just one last question for you, Krista. Where did you get your start in, uh, in photography or art, and where did oh, you learn your craft?
4: I started in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a great high school art teacher, but then I went on to get my uh, BFA from Syracuse in photography and design, and then I got my MFA from SUNY New Paltz, mm. also in uh, photography and intermedia. Oh, great!
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Well, I, thank you very much, and congratulations to both of you. Yeah, oh, thank you. All right. And thank you again all for coming. Okay, I know it sounds like the episode is over, but we have part three coming up with Jessica Orlowitz. So don't touch that dial, assuming you know what a dial is. Hello, Jessica. Hello. <laughs> so I wasn't able to ask you uh, how to pronounce your last name properly, and it's, it, uh, for my listeners on the show, they know it's kind of a funny thing. I often mess up names the first go around. Is it Orlowitz?
5: It's Orlowitz. Oh, great. I mess it up, yeah.
0: Okay. But you were not able to make it to the raw exhibition.
5: No, I have four daughters. Uh, wow. Two are from high school, so I'm playing soccer and then I have two little ones, so it's hard for me to get anywhere other than work.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I have um I have two kids and you know soccer, dance, guitar, girl scouts and
5: yeah, full schedule.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, but you are you are my you were my juror's choice that evening and my top awardee and congratulations on that.
5: Thank you so much.
0: And of course, speaking of kids, that was the subject of the photograph. Uh, called Caretaker, right?
5: Yes, it's my youngest and my middle daughter um, and my my middle daughter has autism. So it was just a really, really sweet moment um, because my younger one was so young and to see her taking care of, you know, her older sister and for her older sister to let her do that uh, was just a a really special moment to me.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned on your and the description of uh, the image or the description on your website that, that your daughter, Anna, uh, ha- is on the spectrum uh, with some form of autism?
5: Yes, yeah, she's uh, very high-functioning. She's, she's verbal, but, yep, you know, she, she suffers from some of, the, some of the classic symptoms of autism, and we went through a lot of uh, pretty intense therapy to get her where she is today.
0: Yeah, and, and so it was that connection of your youngest daughter combing her hair that really caught your attention.
5: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's a beautiful photograph. It's, a, it's, it's beautiful in what it's about, but it's also beautifully made. Thank which you. Is, I think, you know, which is why I, I did choose it. Uh, let me ask you a little bit. I noticed on your site that you mentioned that you're a vet. A veteran, uh, I should say. Yeah, a veteran,
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in the Coast Guard for four years.
0: Oh, wow. So what was that experience like?
5: Uh, it was amazing. It,
0: um... And you moved around a lot.
5: Moved around a lot. Yep. My, I I was married to someone in the coast guard. So when I left, we continued to move, um, for his assignments. And, um, it was just, it was a wonderful experience traveling and meeting new people. And I learned a lot about myself. And so I, I really value it.
0: What led you to photography then?
5: I, uh, while we were moving and after I went back to school, I, it was hard for me to work. So I started a blog and through the blog, kind of over the years, the words dwindled and photography took over until I was really kind of telling my stories with photos. Hmm. And I just, I just fell in love with it. I just felt like I could tell a story better through photos than I could words. And at one point I decided I should start making money doing it because (laughs) equipment's expensive. Right. (laughs) And, uh, it just kind of grew from there.
0: And, and your work you do a, you do commercial work, and, and is that primarily your business right now?
5: Yeah, I'm a full-time working photographer, mostly mostly commercial. Occasionally, I'll shoot families and stuff like that, but mostly for magazines and hotels and restaurants and things like that.
0: Yeah, and, and you can see uh, quite a, a list of uh, accomplishments on your website. What's your website address is?
5: It's uh, www.peachandport.com.
0: How'd you come up with Peach & Port?
5: Oh through a lot of brainstorming <laughs> very talented friends um, who pulled it out of me
0: oh okay <laughs> peach
5: I call my daughter's peach
0: oh. and,
5: um I chose port because we uh we've always lived by the water you know in a in a port town, if you will Oh, so it's great it's a
0: great name yeah. thank you yeah yeah and so your your website is filled with with your commercial work and then mm-hmm. your port there's a sort of portfolio work and it's split into Portraits and commercial work. Mm-hmm. Is the portraiture work? Do you think? Do you consider that different? Not commercial.
5: Well, occasionally I consider it commercial. I guess if it's for a magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the portraits are, are mostly families. Um, that's what I fill that with for the most part, or my children. Right. Uh, yeah. Commercial. I shoot a lot of food. Like a yes, lot.
0: I saw that. <laughs> and so I, this is this is not pejorative. I'm not. This is not a, a critical. You uh-huh. do very kind of um, high-end, clean, well-lit, sharp, colorful, commercial work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the photos of people tend to be kind of happy and romantic and sort of happy, healthy, living kind of lifestyle kind of work. And, mm-hmm. and I say that in, in awe. I say that, like, yes, you should be hired. You do that work, that work very well. Uh, but I, I'm just wondering if, if the work you do with your daughter or the experience you've you've had with your daughter and her uh the the difficulties in making connections and all and the way you photograph her do you is did that sort of kind of uh, open you up to the possibilities of what other things that, that photography can do the way photography can describe things in different ways
5: you know the commercial work was a really big adjustment for me because i learned photography shooting my children oh, okay. and i really liked I liked moody light and I liked serious spaces and I liked kind of more dramatic, um, environments and things like that. And when I started shooting commercially, which was really out of necessity, when I moved to New Jersey, I knew I didn't want to compete with family photographers and I needed to make a living and Mm -hmm. commercial work was there. But there was a a growing period where, you know, editors were saying to me, you're, I need a brighter, (laughs) I need a a happy, you know, um, And so I was like, oh, yeah, we're selling something here and we're not necessarily selling dark and moody.
0: So it was actually the other way around.
5: Yeah. You had to you
0: had to sort of bring yourself to the happy, bright photographs.
5: Right. And now (laughs) I'm actually trying to find some balance because I feel like over that time I lost a little bit of my creativity and and of, you know, doing the work that I love because I was doing the work for work. And so I'm trying to find some balance again and make sure that I'm shooting for myself. Oh as good well. so
0: i I feel better. I, I didn't want to be insulting with that question, but it is something yeah. you've really thought about yeah,
5: yeah ab- oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah
0: oh good. <laughs> well, what else so so you you came to photography photographing your your children did you what kind of formal training did you have?
5: I didn't have any. I just used you know YouTube tutorials, a lot of practice, a lot of practice. That's amazing, um, yeah yeah. And then I found a mentor, and that, that really was kind of the game changer for me, As I got as far as I could, and then I found a photographer that I respected and and whose style I loved, and I, I reached out to her, and she was willing to just kind of talk through questions I had and inspire me and challenge me, and I grew a lot working with her. Oh,
0: would you like to name her? <laughs> yes,
5: her name is Olivia Gotti, and uh, she's based on the North Shore of Massachusetts. She's just incredibly talented nice. and inspiring.
0: How do you spell her last name?
5: G A T T I.
0: All right, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then, so now, uh, what are your plans? Uh, what are you um like? What are you working on personally?
5: Personally, I would really like to. I have. I'm having a new website built. It's it's going to be launching next week. It's going to be the same web address, but it has a blog feature, and I really want to get back to more storytelling. With my children and my life and and kind of everything I shoot, and I'd like to sort of incorporate my commercial work into this,
0: Mm -hmm.
5: you know, on jobs, shoot maybe a little bit more for myself as well as what the client needs and then integrate those two. And I'm hoping that that's going to help me grow as a photographer in general. So that's sort of what I'm looking forward to right now.
0: That's great. So I, I don't remember what the the prize money was. I I know it's 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 modest. Whatever it is, I'm sure. But uh, are you going to buy a lens? What are you going to do?
5: Oh, um, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have that photo framed a little bit more custom, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put it up in my house. Custom framing is not cheap, so.
0: Custom framing is super expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's great, and, uh, and congratulations again.
5: Thank you.
0: Yeah, and it was it was lovely uh, speaking with you. And I'm sorry you couldn't be there for the show, but I, I certainly understand, and I'm glad I got to talk to you.
5: Yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm just thrilled. This was a lot of fun, and I'm hoping to get back up there and, and see more work. Yeah. You know,
0: um, I I, mean, I don't know how else to say this because I picked every photograph, but I really do think it's a good show.
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I I try not to get spend too much time following local photographers because I get really intimidated. Oh, you
0: um, should not be.
5: I, but I, you know, I just I get in my head, and so I try to cheer cheer everyone on, kind of from a distance. Mm. Um, but I I do love seeing the work. there's so much talent here in South Jersey, and it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, well, you know the the other work I I chose was was a somewhat somewhat you could maybe say more conceptual in nature or more experimental in nature, and yours is was the more traditional photograph yeah. that I chose. And listen, it holds its own, so you have nothing to be intimidated about.
5: Thank
0: you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And it was great speaking with you. So thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, that's really the end. Now you may go. All right, talk to you next time.